This is Roberto Montoya from Icons of Industry, and you're listening to Wildman and Steve. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wildman and Steve show starts right now. Steve, um, Wild Man and Steve Show, right? That's the name of the show, and we've been talking about and experimenting, and I guess the whole show, ever since we started over a year ago, it has been an experiment from the beginning, so we're experimenting. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know that we've really done the same thing twice, so uh, it's definitely an experiment. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I mean, there probably are some things we've done twice, but we don't want to get into those things to talk about it. But you know, the experiment is what is the best way to open a show? What is the best way to introduce yeah. the show before we get to the point where you as Mr. Segway introduce the guest? So what is the best way to do it? Um, so, you know, this is the Wild Man and Steve show. Now, could you just say that for me real quick, Steve? Just say this is the Wild Man and Steve show. This is the Wild Man and Steve show. Okay, now I'm curious, as a Latin teacher, what syllable do you think is important to emphasize when you make that statement? Wow, this is the wild man and Steve. I really believe that Steve is the part of that that needs to be emphasized. Really? I but, do. You know, I was kind of thinking the opposite. I was kind of. I thinking, bet you were. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking something more like the wild man and Steve show. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that experiment will continue, and, and you'll help me out with the Latin side of things so we understand. But now, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, this is the time of the show where I turn it over to Mr. Segway, the part of the show where Mr. Segway has a tremendous, amazing, beautiful way to segue into the introduction of the guest that we have on the show right now. So go ahead and take it away. I feel that I've disappointed you more often than not, wild man, and I really have got a dis some disappointing news um, for you. I really don't have time for this show right now. Um, we're recording this on a uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, it's the end of a long work week, and I just need to spend some time with my bride. Uh, I, I, you know, um, we may have been married for close to th 30 years, uh, really, this year, but uh, she's still my bride. And uh, all I really want to do right now is, is spend some time with my bride. So um, you may have to float this one on your own. Well, you know, it, it's, a, it's amazing that you bring that up because, ladies and gentlemen, today on the show, we have who I would call a legend, not just in his own right as a musician and an artist and the front runner of a band, but also um, he's the one that kind of put Wild Man and Steve on the map, if you remember back then. And he may not even realize this, but the downloads that we got from his show last year skyrocketed and got people to start listening to our show. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank him and we want to welcome him back to the show once again, Mr. Dale Thompson, frontman of the band Bride, who just had a new album come out here a couple months ago. We're going to be talking about that as well. Dale, how are you doing today, sir? Welcome to the program once again. Well, Wild Man and Steve, I'm so happy to be here. See, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, it's like, Wild Man, Steve, yeah, like that. Yeah, dude, no, um, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I think we're going to have you as a regular on the show, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. I, I could be the comic feature since I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> <laughs> So Dale, talk to us today. We're excited. I'm excited. One of the things that I know we talked to to you about last year, and it's just been amazing to watch your career, especially here recently. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if he's going to mention this or not, but right before we started recording, he was in the middle of telling us how he was writing a song this morning. So he, and there it is right there. He's showing us, for those of you who aren't watching by video, he's showing the lyrics he's writing down. We got the sense from you last time, Dale that as a musician, as an artist, you pretty much don't take a break. You just keep on going. And we see you involved in several projects and you keep writing and it's like, it doesn't stop. Um, how do you keep doing this? That's the question. What, what's the motivation for you to keep doing what you do? Um, well, I mean, not to be blip, biblical, but um, I just <laughs> do what I see my father do. You know, he's a creator. He's an artist. He's done amazing things with the universe and this old world that we live on. And I guess that I've inherited the, uh, the, the divine gene of creation that um, I don't stop thinking about ways to present God, like Paul said, to become all things to all men that some might be saved. To, to, to hit, hit it from every angle and, and to have an open mind when it comes to religion, open mind when it comes to Christianity, open mind to when it comes to cultures, traditions, beliefs, society, personal lives, et cetera, et cetera. Because to be as wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove is kind of like the, the Hippocratic oath, uh, do no harm. And, you know, you want to do good. You don't, you don't want what you're doing to backfire and make make God look bad because of how you've represented him. So my entire life is dedicated to writing, creating. I've got uh, books that I'm writing, short stories I'm writing, songs. 
I've, I've actually written and recorded over 600 songs in the past 36 months. And I have two to record today. I recorded one last night, which is going to be uh, on the Christmas album, the Brad Christmas album. Then I'm doing another original Christmas song. Then I'm doing one for Iron 501. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's nonstop for me. You know, if, if I'm out, you know, I'm looking for paper and pen. If I'm in my car, I'm driving dangerously as I, as I dictate something that's come to mind. And wow. it's at the point now I've run out of words to rhyme. So I kind of try to turn it into Bob Dylan where, you know, you can rhyme words that don't really rhyme just the way you say them. It's, so it's, uh, yeah. And, and people, people seem to be enjoying what I'm doing because they keep calling and saying, Hey, would you like to work on this project with me? I know, I know this is going to dry up eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll probably be doing something else, but while I'm capable and still have a voice and ideas, inspiration, I, sh- I just figure that I should just keep going. So you mentioned about writing that many songs in that short amount of time. Take us back to um, uh, when you, when did you write your very first song? Do you remember? Probably when I was about eight years old, maybe. And I was writing Southern gospel songs and stuff like that and getting my inspiration from the Imperials and Dallas Homes and Praise and the Gaithers and, you know, the, 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 the old timers, I call it, you know, but they, they, they were the influence that got me interested in music and, um, and how I ended up doing what I do now is, is completely out of my control because there's no way that I could have had such accomplishments and, you know, traveled, seen the world and so forth and met amazing people and had such blessings if it hadn't been for the Lord, because, you know, I come from Bullock County, Kentucky and, uh, and it's, it's redneckville, you know, four wheel drive trucks, Confederate flag, shotguns, deers on hoods, you know, that's, that's the neighborhood I grew up in. So to be in New Zealand is quite amazing for me. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it started early. I was writing short stories first. My, I was dictating short stories to my mom who would write them for me and then she would illustrate them as I told her the story. So that, that even happened probably about, yeah, about seven, eight years old. My first story was about a horse named Silver Star. My mom still has a copy of it. that is very cool i love the fact that that went back so early for you and 
Man, there's so much stuff we want to get into with the show. Obviously, Wildman already mentioned um, the latest Bride album, and I really want to talk about uh, the fact that you are almost kind of like like have gun will travel, have voice will travel. You uh, you're the mercenary vocalist out here, um, and and doing so many work, such great work for other groups as well. But I want to come back to something you were talking about that I j- I just love it. I've talked about this, thought about this before. Uh, other folks have said it, and I love reading about it. The fact that our God is such a creative person, right? He, 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 you think about, I mean, just pick up a book of NASA photographs, right? Go on website, look at the pictures of the Hubble, look at the subatomic particles, look at a forest, look at a river, and you're saying, wow, this God in whose image we are made is, is spectacularly creative. Say a little bit more about that. I think people really need to remember that when when we engage in the arts, and whether that's graphic art, um, poetry, literature, that sort of thing, musical arts, that that really is part of who we are as people created in the image of God. So uh, say say a little bit more about how you see yourself in that really as, as the son of the most high artist. Well, first, I'll, I'll address the uh, hired gun part that will, uh, uh, mercenary will travel. Uh, I remember uh, John Malkovich, Nicolas Cage, and even Christopher Walken saying, uh, they need the money. <laughs> so they'll do any movie. It doesn't matter what it is. Send it to me. I'll sing it. Um, but, um, oh, and another thing, too, uh, looking out the stars, have you ever noticed that when, you're, when they're on, like, the space shuttle and there's a moonwalk, there are no stars? Anyway. You could just go on there and look. I, it's, it's quite amazing. Uh, so anyway, another conspiracy theory. Um, but no, I think that um, we that have been enlightened, um, we, we want to please our father. We, we have a desire not to let him down. It's like I remember playing baseball when I was a kid because I, I played baseball until I was like 16. I was you know a good baseball player. And... I never wanted to disappoint my parents when I was up to bat, you know, because I knew my dad had played baseball and then went into softball. So I always, my goal was always hit that ball, catch that ball, and then look to the stands to see how proud my dad was uh, sitting there smiling or my mom or whatever, you know? So I think it's the same thing that, that the, the expectation, there should be expectations that we place on ourselves because of who we serve. And I think that, that God does look at us. And I'm not going to say looks down on us because I don't believe God's up here and we're down here. God in us. God is looking from us and making, making us, make, making us uh, proud of, of being a child of God. There, sh- there should not be any excuse why anybody should ever hide their identity in Christ. Because it's the greatest thing ever. Everybody that doesn't know who they are in Christ Jesus, they're uh, man, they're lacking. They're missing out on, on a on great joy. It's you know, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's it's this, it's something that is um, it's undescribable by by the words that we have been given in our dictionary. To know that if I were to depart this world right now, that I would be in the presence of God like I've never known. Like I wish I was now that sometimes you get a hint of it. It's just looking through the glass 
uh, or through the, the lattice work, you know, it's the, 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 the glass darkly, you know, but there is a God there that is so encompassing and, and he has to hide himself from us in the darkness. God dwells in darkness. The Bible tells us that he, that means he's, he's keeps that full glory from consuming us because we couldn't handle it right now in this mortal form. But when we pass through that veil and we are like him, I mean, I, I can't even imagine, you know, Carmen just, just passed away and, and yeah. I did not know Carmen, but I sang on, on a couple of the songs and we'd actually played some shows where he was at, but I was just imagining what it was like for Carmen to know that he knows that he knows. Yeah. I'm sad. I'm leaving, but man, this is what I've been talking about the whole time. That's where I'm going. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's just awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I can't wait. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to rush things, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's great. You know, you, your passion for the gospel and your passion for that truth um, is, is something very inspiring to hear. And every time I've heard you speak, I've already in every interview, I hear you talk about that. And that passion is, is very inspiring. Um, and we take that to the question of, of heavy metal. Um, you're, you're a heavy metal singer. Um, how does the heavy metal style coincide with what you just expressed as far as you're concerned? Well, I look at real heavy metal, not, not junk heavy metal, but I look at heavy metal as, as a uh, um, more operatic, more, more of theater, more of you know, people pay good money to used to to go see uh, Pavarotti sing and, and, and these guys, you know, it's for me, it's the same type of thing. Um, you know, I watched a movie last night that uh, about a guy who was the only guy on the planet who knew who knew who the Beatles was. So he wrote he went out and he performed all the Beatles songs and got famous. And I thought, you know, that's fantastic music. That's that's amazing music. You know, it's thoughtful the the lyrics meant something the melodies were great the songs are great you know they were here for for a, a period of time and did this work but then i look over at heavy metal and then i see the giants of heavy metal and how it it's in, in a way in a smaller room it's much more it's much more massive like i can play a beatles song in this little bitty bedroom here but i do not want a heavy metal band in my bedroom playing it's that enormous you know and i love the enormity of it because i can go to the ceiling with the vocals and i can i can do whatever i want heavy metal is so free um but i, I like the operatic part of it so you know when i'm singing i'm holding out this note for 30 seconds and then i'm able to go back and, and put the the harmonies on the notes and stuff and then i listen back and go my gosh i can't believe i did that how in the world was that even possible? Look, listen, the, and to me, it, it, it paints this picture when you're using it in um, the Christian sense of, of painting a God that is so enormous that he can't be contained. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the Beatles were huge. Yeah, sold millions of records. But like I said, you know, you can play them in my bedroom, but you can't play heavy metal in here. Not, not the way it's supposed to be played. And that's, that's the thing. You can't put God in this little can. And that's why I love heavy metal so much. And of course, you know, I do 
all sorts of styles, but there's no doubt that, you know, I look for that place where I can do some monstrous scream um, just so that I, I remember there was a guy named Scott Heron uh, from Alabama, I think it was. And he asked me to come down to, to speak for his youth group and stuff. And I'm, I don't remember all the details, but I remember being in the back seat and he popped one of my CDs in and him and his friend were driving and I'm sitting in the back seat. And, and I don't know why people thought I wanted to hear myself, but anyway, they, they're cranked it up. And when a scream came, they looked at each other and smiled. And I thought that's, that's why I scream. That's why I hit those notes because it, it light makes people's face light up. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you know, sometimes it does me, especially if I hit the right note, it's like, Whoa, man, I got there. I hope it was a take. Cause I don't have another one in me, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you know, I just can't even begin to, to uh, express just the, the, the power that is there in heavy metal music when you're representing and, and presenting the gospel. But it really touches, pe- people are either heavy metal or they're not. You're not halfway heavy metal, you know. <laughs> you know it's, it's that, that, that doesn't happen. It's like you're either all the way heavy metal or you're not. I mean, um, and, and I'm, I'm all the way heavy metal, but I slip into those other categories from time to time to do a hymnal now and then. <laughs> so. about the latest Bride album. I think it is so cool that you have bands that really now have been going on for decades. And, you know, it may not be the heyday of the 80s anymore. And we talk about that on the show a lot. Uh, but we still have artists that are making the great kind of music, the hard rock, the heavy metal, uh, and all of the metal subgenres as well. And there's still a lot of fans out there that are, that are just eating it up. So here's Bride, new album. Uh, here we are, 21st century. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the new piece. Uh, the, the new album, Here Is Your God, um, is really it really is a follow-up to Snake Eyes because we, we knew what we wanted to do with Snake Eyes, which came out in 2018. We wanted to kind of reintroduce people to the, the sound of Bride that, they, that, that they, were, they were calling for. You still have the old school dudes who want us to do another Live to Die album. I'll tell you now, that's not going to happen with Bride. My brother will not write it. 
he's not a big fan of that style, so he's not going to write it. He is a groove player. Um, he's already proved he can write thrash if that's what they want, so he doesn't have to prove that again. So um, what we did with Here Is Your God is that we did a continuation of that. Now, um, it's got hints of Silence's Madness on it with the guitar uh, solos and the harmonies that Troy plays. You know, I did some sassy vocals. I did some some bigger vocals for, for the metal sound and such. Um, and that is propelling us to the next Bright album. But there's going to be a little bit of a lull between this album and the next Bright album because we're doing this Christmas album. We're doing a hard rock Christmas album. No Little Drummer Boy will not be on here. No Elvis Christmas songs. No Bing Crosby Christmas songs. None of that. This we're, we're taking Christmas songs, you know, that that actually are very nice Christmas songs, and we're, we're modifying them like you would a V8 engine. You know, we're putting the second carburetor on. We're boring out the, uh, you know, for the yes. pistons and yeah, yes. you know, and we're doing all that. And our the word that keeps coming to Troy and I as we record is epic, epic, epic. We want to make this epic. You know, I've I've did. Um, I did a Christmas song with uh, Dapster Gentleman, uh, All Roads Lead Home. I thought that was a nice piece for Christmas. Did one with No Other God, uh, which people call Nog. Uh, did, uh, we did one, well, we did one Troy and I. We, we did, um, oh, anyway, you just have to hear it. Um, but anyway, um, so after we did all that, or I did all that, then I mentioned to Troy, I said, I think, you know, people really like what Striper's done with, with their Christmas tunes. And I think Deliverance did one. Um, I'm sure other bands have, but, you know, forgive me. I'm, I'm not calculating backwards right now. Uh, but what we want to do is do this, this Christmas album in between Here Is Your God and Whatever's Next for Bride that is a Bride album, but it's going to be recognizable songs we even took a song like uh, Oh Come All Ye Faithful, and we did a traditional version of it with mandolins, violins, and then we did the heavy metal version of it. <laughs> so two different, two different monsters right there. And um, I've written a, um, I'll just let the cat out of the bag. Uh, I always loved Hall of Mountain King. So, you know, so that is now a Christmas song that I've written lyrics to from front to finish. And it's, it builds all the way to the end to this crazy, you know, and all these pointing guitars and harmonies and thirds and fifths and sevenths or whatever they play. And so anyway, we did that. And, um, I'm actually at when we get finished here today, after I do the 501 song, I'm going to work on the original Christmas song Bride that, that I'm working on. As far as future Bride songs on a Bride album, I haven't written anything yet because I kind of wanted to see where things settled with, with the world in general and get another look at it, maybe write from a different perspective. Uh, I've got stacks and stacks of lyrics. Most of them were written uh, during more of a more of a dark time in the world. So I don't know if that's what I want to continue writing. You know, like when I write for Perpetual Paranoia, it's it's some dark stuff. We just released a, a new album called Hellfest. And um, some of the 
the best lyrics I've written, but they're very dark because of the period of time that, that, I, that I wrote them in. If they're dark with, with uh, shards of light that come in and illuminate certain parts of the song so that you actually see there's still hope. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting time that we live in for sure because, um, you know, I'm on an island and I can't leave this island unless I quarantine somewhere for two weeks. And I can't return to this island unless I quarantine for two weeks once I get back. So I'm pretty much trapped. A holiday for me would be spent in quarantine. So, um, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to write from my perspective of looking at the world without American eyes anymore. Because I think America has grown blind and I think America has, has at least blurred vision on the way the world operates. Um, and that's not because I've come down here and suddenly I'm a Kiwi. No, it's because I've been able to step back and not infuse myself with the politics and the craziness of what has happened in the States, you know, in the last two years. Um, yeah, I post stuff politically, but it's basically just to get a rise out of people that I think are of lesser intelligence than myself. And that backfires sometimes. So uh, I find out maybe they know more than me. So that's when I hit that little thing. It says uh, uh, unfollow for 30 days or whatever it is on your Facebook. So that way, or, or uh, don't let me know when they, uh, I forget what it's called, but you can push a little button and I no longer want to follow this post because they're eating you up. So, but at least I get, get my message out there. So, yeah, everything I do is deliberate, uh, pretty much. So if it's on Facebook, it has been thought through and it's deliberately done. It's either to get a rise or an applause, uh, one of the two. No, no, that was a long time ago. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, so, so, you know, as an artist, and this is something that uh, Steve and I have talked with a lot of our uh, guests about over the last over the last year, um, with COVID and everything happening, um, it's limiting what artists can do. And in fact, today, I don't know if you guys saw this. I just saw a post today um, uh, from Adam Levine from uh, Maroon Five. Um, in a, and so in an interview, he made this statement and this just went viral. Everybody was talking about it. He said, it's a shame there are no really there are no bands anymore. And he said, it's a shame. Now, well, I don't when I had time to look at the context, understand exactly what he meant. 
but I can, I think I understand what he's meaning by that. How do you take that statement? And I say that to say, what is it like to be, how can, a, how can an artist be successful today with everything we have going on? Um, well, it, it is a new world. It, it, it is, it's a new, completely different musical environment. You know, everything that I do, I haven't talked to anybody in any of these bands personally that I have worked with other than Troy. Everything is done through email. And, I've, and I'm sort of a private person in that regard. Uh, my phone rings, I don't answer it type thing. But I think probably what Adam Levine was talking about is that he wishes he had a band and he wishes he had some success again. Um, and he wish it wasn't past this time, but no. Um, <laughs> As you can tell, I love Maroon 5. Uh, it's like that other band. I can't remember the name. They copy of Maroon 5. Why would you copy Maroon 5? Good heavens. But anyway, uh, I think it's because there's no touring, you know? Uh, if you don't tour, you're, it's hard to, like, say that you have a band. But when I came to New Zealand here seven years ago or eight or whatever it is, I, I retired from music then. I did not plan to tour again, which I never will. There's not enough money out there to make me tour. Brazil hits me every month. Come tour, come tour, come tour when all this is done. All right. I want $100 million in a private jet and five-star hotels. Can you do that? No? Okay. I'm not going anywhere, period. Uh, so that shuts that down. I'm not interested in touring anymore because um, I'm grumpy and people don't want to hang out with me once they know me because I'm grumpy. And that's just the way I am. Uh, it's probably because I have three small terrier dogs that bark consistently. And right now, I can't believe they're quiet. But anyway, I think what Adam was talking about was um, just there's no bands. You know, it's like if you're not touring, you're basically become a studio musician. And that's that's all I am. I'm a studio singer now. Well, a studio bedroom singer because my studio is in the corner of my bedroom. Um. I don't even have I don't I don't even have eggshells up, you know those things cartons for the, to absorb the sound. My neighbors have to endure what I do, but <laughs> I do it within hours of decibel uh, readings, so they can't even call the police. At first, I'm sure they thought someone was being killed here, but after a while, it was the same person screaming and screaming. So it just must be torture, and they're not dying, so nobody's called the police. <laughs> but I uh, I do feel that. I am better off. There's no pressure on me to tour, and there hasn't been because I've been in New Zealand. Um, and, and what would happen if I tour? Okay. Bride is going to tour. Well, the 300 people in the United States that follow Bride who live in 50 different states, I have six people at each of my shows, or maybe eight and one because I doubt Alaska, I might have two. And so I travel the United States. I hit all 50 states. I do it for 300 people. I starve. Uh, the hotels aren't there anymore. I'm eating pizza every night, so I'm getting fatter and fatter and fatter because that's all they can afford to feed me. And it's the leftover pizza from when Guardian come through the week before, and they were starving. So, yeah, I mean, unless you're U2 or The Muse or uh, – you know, some of these big bands like this, you're not, you're, you're just wasting your time touring unless you want to play some honky tonk bar in Nashville, you know, to some slobbering drunks that 
you're not going to be able to witness to anyway because they're too inebriated. They're so inebriated, the Holy Spirit can't even wake them up to speak to them. They have to wait till they sober up to speak to them, you know? So, no, I, I just, um, I did my touring. It's kind of like I did my time, you know? Yeah, it's like, were you in the military? Yeah, I was in the military. I did my time, you know? Yeah, I stole a car. I did my time. I play in a band. I did my time. So now what I wanted to do is just be able to control my environment by being able to record in the luxury of my own comfort. Um, you know, I have not sang one song in seven years standing up. Really? All of my vocals are sitting down with my, my authoritic crippled hand on a mouse, staring at the screen, making sure that I'm coming in at the right time. Record, oh, you know, uh oh, recorded on the wrong track. Oh no, undo, 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 safe, safe, safe. That is that is my rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. So so with that, it leads me to another question I've been thinking about when I listen to you sing. I was telling this to Steve before we started the episode. What I love about the new Bride album, first of all, it's it's straight um, rock metal. There, there's a little bit of the growling side, but there's still that Bride melodic sound that I love about what you do. Um, how do you keep your voice in shape? How have you done that for so long? Because I can listen to Snakes in the Playground and listen to this, and I'm not hearing much of a difference when it comes to tonality. Um, is there anything specific you're doing, or you just keep going and it just naturally happens? Well, I have a convertible, so I ride around a lot with the top down, even when it's raining. Um, drink water. Never warm up never practice, only sing to record, and start off as strong as you possibly can. That loosens it up. And sometimes that always works. You know, I know that some people, music vocalist teachers and stuff would be like, oh no, you're to, you're to take you're to take this this pillow and put it over your mouth and it's like I remember playing a show in Louisville, Kentucky at a club called the Toy Tiger. And there was a band there called Manic. This was back in the 80s. And I'm back joking around like I do, you know, being Dale, being way goofier then than I am now, believe it or not. And this little blonde-headed guy looked like David Lee Roth, who wasn't David Lee Roth. But he was just as talented, probably more so now that I see David Lee Roth looks like Dr. Smith from Lost in Space. But... This little guy was screaming into a towel. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm warming up. It's a vocal exercise. He goes, you don't warm up. I'm like, to scream into a towel? I'm going to scream into a mic in about 30 seconds. No way. And I'm sure that he's probably on a forklift somewhere working at Kroger or something right now. And, and here I am wearing a fancy hat doing an interview. So that's the difference. On the Wild Man and Steve Show. <laughs> yeah. Wild Man and Steve Show. Rock.
not actually entirely sure where to go from here, but <laughs> let me let me uh, throw this out. Well, here, let, let me lead the way. No, go ahead. <laughs> uh, thinking about obviously, you, you talked about touring and the upsides or the downsides of that and so forth. But I'm also thinking about the way people engage with music, and and this is something we've talked about a lot on the show. Lots of different people, whether it's through just the digital file, whether it's through um, through vinyl, uh, whether they want to have a physical object in their hand, they can do something with like, you know, the old days of cassette. And we've even had some bands now that are actually releasing stuff on cassette tape. They just wanted a quirky reason to want to do that uh, or, or the CD. Uh, when, when you guys think about how you're getting your music out to the world, are you only considering the, the digital download? Do you care about different uh, formats? Uh, what, what is your thinking about that? Well, I mean, in, in all seriousness, you just want your music out there, ma making it available in whatever format people are accustomed to buying and purchasing their music and, and how they're set up, whether it's Spotify or, you know, some, some Apple device or, or whatever. I don't know anything about digital at all um i i'm a cd guy and the few cds that i do have are usually a bride cd or perpetual paranoia cd or the world will burn cd i don't have a huge extensive uh cd collection because i study music all the time so if i want to do something say i want to write a song and i'm like ah, i want to give it that aerosmith twist i go to youtube i put on an aerosmith song take a listen to it go Ah, that's what they're doing there. I can, I'll, I'll put a little bit of that in because that's what this song needs. It's not really stealing and it's, it's not even borrowing. It's being inspired by a sound that you hear in your head and you want to hear that sound for real so that you know what you're doing with it. When I, uh, when I did uh, Snakes in the Playground all by myself, when we did Snakes in the Playground, um, we were listening to all various types of music. And for me, I was listening to secular music. So I was listening to Mother Love Bone, uh, Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, but not listening to Guns N' Roses. And suddenly the album comes out and everybody says, it's got a Guns N' Roses flair to it. So I start thinking, they must have been listening to Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, and Mother Love Bone when they did Appetite for Destruction. And that's how they got their inspiration. So, you know, as an artist, when you when you release something out like this, uh, vi vinyl to me is is vinyl ranks to me among the cassettes and 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 um, uh, eight tracks as far as sound quality. I don't want to hear a needle on a piece of vinyl when I can hear a, a, a digital pure sound. And and these people say, oh, I can tell the difference. No, you cannot. You cannot tell the difference. You do not have an expert ear. I have an expert ear. Well, at least one works. And I, I can't tell the difference if you played me vinyl or you played me a CD. But the CD is so much easier. It's nice. You know, if you want to get a piece of vinyl and stick it on your wall and frame it of your favorite band, that's cool. But don't put that thing on a turntable. It's, it's no good. It's crackles and you're going to scratch it and it's no good anymore. But anyway, with that said, yeah. Um, the only vinyl I have is what the record company sends me on my own stuff, and I haven't even opened it, so I don't know. I'll, I'll show you this. This is funny. Give me one second. This is funny. Um, I'm, an, I'm the artist, right? Right. So, all right. So I'm, I'm to get a certain amount of 
of CDs and stuff when they're released. Okay. Okay. So I would, I would expect I would get at least one complete package on, on my CDs. When, when Perpetual came today, or not today, but the other day, this, this, is, this is how I got it. There's no jewel case. I got a CD, stacked 10 CDs. I only get 10. 10 CDs. All right, there's my CD. This came, this came with it as well, the, the Perpetual, uh, and it's a nice little booklet, and the cover. Now, what I have to do now, because obviously people think I have 50 jewel cases sitting around empty, waiting to fill with this, but I don't. I don't have 50 jewel cases. Now I've got 10 of these, I've got 10 of somebody else and 10 of somebody else, and I can't even sell them because they're not in jewel cases. So to sell them, I gotta go buy jewel cases. <laughs> so, I mean, they're good coasters, is that all they are, really? My own voice, further from tomorrow's pleasures. I am not sad because I believe you. I am tortured and I cannot disbelieve you. I do not know how I feel. I'm not sure what you mean. With that, with everything that you, you've described as an artist and um, talking about digital and versus CD, vinyl, all those kind of things, for you personally, um, how do you measure success? Because when you're talking about an artist, you're not touring, you're recording out of your bedroom, which is what's happening a lot now. I mean, you look, not just because of COVID, but people have the ability to record they don't have to go to a studio like they used to. They can get it done on their laptop in their home. So how do you, how do you, like, do you look at downloads? Do you look at sales? What is it you look at? How do you measure your success? Or do you even care? I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, don't. I mean, like, like, like if I was, if I was doing like, my, my, like I've, I've, did a, I've done a blues album, just to let you know, it's coming out on Gerda Records, uh, Del Thompson, the Boondogs. But if I were going to answer that in with my blues thing, hold on. Well, you know, it's like, uh, oh, success. What is success? Uh, success is getting that prize out of the Cracker Jack box, like well, those tattoos that you'd put on. They don't even do that. So mm, success, I, I, it's hard to measure. Childlike, adult-like, um, you ride a roller coaster, is that successful? If you make it on the roller coaster, yeah, it's successful. But as far as success goes, mm, um, I don't even know how many albums I sell. I don't even know where to look for the downloads. So that would be like a Tom Waits thing. Now, if I were to do like to do like a, a like a, my hair's not much anymore, but anyway, say so like like you're doing your heavy metal cool dude. It's like like more like '80s guys like whoa success. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, I measure success by how many people like me. That's the success I like. You know, I'll post a thing and it's like, I got 50 likes. So I'll post something similar. So I get a hundred likes and then this and that, this and that. 
the reality of it is success is only really measured by if you wake up in the morning and you know that you've presented the gospel in such a way that somebody writes to you, even one person, and says, this song blessed me, this song touched me, something about this God spoke to me through this song. Hmm. To me, that's the success. And as long as people keep sending me stuff and saying, you know, your new song, man, I was in, I was in a low place, man. You don't know how low I was. And it pulled me out of it. I've got to keep writing because there, there's a need for me to write. Um, to me, that's success. kind of expected you to go somewhere down that road when I asked the question, but I always want to put it out there because there's so, you know, there's just pressure on artists nowadays and especially now to get the downloads and to get it out there. But you, you, you're, you are doing exactly the way it's supposed to be done. I mean, you're, you're following exactly the right way that that's the motivation that you have uh, from beginning to, from start to finish. And Steve and I both appreciate everything you do and everything you stand for. And, and I think I'm speaking for Steve as well, is that um, we would really appreciate it if, if every artist would have your passion and your understanding of what you just explained. Well, I think that, I think you have to have a sense of humor about it. And when you're an artist, you are a bit crazy and you look at the world differently than other people. And you don't, you don't, care to act the fool because <laughs> I mean what do you do on stage but jump around and look silly take away the music jumping around like that you look completely ridiculous so um yeah I think people people need to just try to enjoy the life they have the health they have the roof over their head stop looking for another wife stop looking for another husband stop wishing your children would move out because when they do you have an empty nest and then you're going to miss them. So everything that you have is a blessing. Yes. Enjoy. And, and if, if it's not a blessing, turn it into one. Maybe it's you that's got the problem, not everybody else. So, you know, let's just, let's just love God, love life, enjoy what we do. And, and man, I mean, just the fact that we're here on this planet and God has given us this opportunity to serve him. And to be with him in that whatever heaven, I argue with the guy today about heaven. I said, oh, heaven's not really a place. Heaven is with God. Of course, he wants streets of gold and literal streets of gold and pearls and stuff. And, and I was just like, man, just 
enjoy God in your life now. Don't wait for heaven, create it here because the kingdom of God is in you. It made it plain and simple. Stop looking for something. It, it, it might not be right where you think it is, but it's right here because I know it is. Yeah. So anyway, that's my two cents. Great, sir. We want to thank you for being on the show today again. Um, hey, thanks for inviting me. My gosh, I thought I blew it last time. Uh, this one, will, <laughs> this is definitely my last time. This is the last time you'll ask. No, you know, no, like, no, we no, can't no. control the guy. There's no controlling him. No, no, who knows what he's going to talk about? You know. Well, since last time, we have an editor, so we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. just snip, 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 snip. Yeah. <laughs> So, you, you know, finally, you, you mentioned several things here today that you've been working on, you know, Perpetual Paranoia, um, you have the Bride Christmas album you're working on. What can you tell your fans who are listening now about when they should be expecting some of these things to be coming out? Well, the Perpetual Paranoia has, has been released. Um, the Thomas Thompson Earth Project, uh, when Garrett Thomas, who I write with, he, he's got to have surgery. After he has his surgery, I think that he will end up mastering the next album, uh, which is called uh, Systematic Brain Drain, which is the Thomas Thompson Earth Project's finest album. It's really a good album. Um, Seven Angels and One Sad Devil was a really good album, but I think we've topped it with this third one. Um, I'm hoping to retire a lot of, a lot of what I do because I want to get more into my short story writing. Um, Iron 501 has released uh, Sergeant Reckless. Iron 501 is unique because it, it's, a, it's a project that's about soldiers, about police, about fire, ambulance workers, rescue people, real heroes. Every song is about a real person. And uh, so that, that album is available through Rockets Records. Uh, Dapster Gentleman will have a new album coming out this year, as well as Haunted No More. Haunted No More is an acquired taste. It's basically my personal diary being almost spoken word at times, kind of Leonard Cohen, uh, Tom Waits, piano in the background. That's about all it is, but it's deep, it's dark, it's heavy. Uh, was really inspired by the death of, of my, uh, my guitarist, uh, Steve Osborne, when, when I uh, was writing for this, uh, had him in mind on some of the songs. Um, so yeah, there's a whole lot, there's, there's Sovereign, Sovereign Crosses coming out. You can hear the, the single, The Riven uh, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. One of the best songs that I've ever sang. I love that song. It's, it's 
beautiful. Yes. We are resolute. We'll have uh, a new album coming out. Uh, it, it's just all being poured out at once, you know, but, but I've recorded enough music now that seven years from now, if I stop today, there will still be something with my name on it being released seven years from today. I've already recorded six perpetual paranoia albums, and this is just the third one that's come out. Wow. So there's three to follow that's, that's already finished. So everybody's wondering after hearing all that, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> Push-ups, box, <laughs> play with the dogs. I love cooking. I try to cook dinner every night. Cooked a big breakfast earlier. I actually, I actually had some tomatoes that was, that was about to go off. So I fried up four tomatoes and I ended up having to eat three because my wife only wanted one. So I've, Really filled up on the tomatoes this morning with my uh, slabs of bacon and my uh, scrambled eggs. Wow. <laughs> That's my weekend. My weekend is always eggs. It's always three eggs a piece on the weekend. So sounds good. <laughs> the rest of the time, we're the rest of the time. It's it's just rice and water. Like you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's tough here. Yeah. Well, sounds great, sir. We want to thank you again for light brightening our day. I know you brighten mine. I think you brighten Steve as well. You're just an Absolutely. incredible inspiration, but a lot of fun. And we, we, we're all about fun on this show. So we really appreciate that. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, we look forward to everything that Dale's going to be bringing us here in this next year, as you heard, which is several things. Is there one location that they go to to find everything you're doing, or is it all just sp spread out separately? If, if, if they will uh, follow my Facebook page, okay. Uh, I think it's some bizarre thing called Claude Gorb or something. Uh, if it's something, I, it's 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 a secondary one since I got kicked off Facebook about three times. This is the last one I was doing. Uh, but I also have a YouTube uh, channel, the official Dell Thompson YouTube channel, and I post a lot of stuff there. And from there, you can find other things like. Um, I've got me recording songs just like we're talking now, except I got my mic and I'm, you know, singing to it and talking about the song as I record it, which wow. gives me a good idea. I should do that one uh, that I'm about to do. I, I could go live right after this and do that. It might be fun. I'll change shirts though. This is my, this is my interview shirt. Yeah. I got to put a singing shirt on. Uh, and I had to take the hat off because man, I haven't broke that thing in yet. And that is so hard on my head, but yeah, the, uh, Dale Thompson YouTube official Dale Thompson channel. Don't go to the other Dale Thompson channel because that's not me. So I don't know. It's a, like a footballer or something. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, that won't be me. Yeah. So yeah. So go to the official Dale Thompson YouTube channel and you'll find everything that he's doing. Dale, thank you again for being on the yes. show. And I guarantee yes, you, like I did last time, I'll guarantee you, we will have you on again. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try to think of some other antics. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That a was lot. all I had. I'm out of them, so I'm glad we're ending. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks a bunch. <laughs> Love you guys. Take care. Bless you. You here, man.
It was great to have Dale Thompson on our show again. As you can hear, he is a lot of fun and a great guy to hang out with. I was most impressed this time when we talked about how he measures success. As he stated, all that matters to him is people drawing close to God because of what he does. If that would ever stop, he knows then it may be time to stop. But until then, he will give it everything he has. There is a lesson in this for all of us. Our main purpose in all we do, whether through music, teaching, preaching, or just simply living out our daily lives, as followers of Christ, we are to be seeking out ways to bring others closer to God. This truly is what it is all about. As the Apostle Paul told the church at Corinth, I have become all things to all people, so that by all means I might save some. The Wild Man and Steve Show is now partnering with New Release Today. Find out more about them at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to check out our website, where you can also leave us a review at wildmanandsteve.com. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time.